reach people, then teach the people how to reach others, then eventually send. If we don't plant churches and we don't multiply, we can't do what God wants us to do like Joe mentioned. Amen. And, and Jesus is, is wanting us to spread his word. And so we, we have to do exactly what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says. And this is our theme for men's discipleship. We, we go over it often on Friday mornings. It says, and the things that you have heard from me, this is Paul talking to Timothy, he says, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so how many, how many know that when you get saved, Jesus did not save you for yourself? He saved you to tell somebody else about the Lord. And so we are always being discipled, and we are always discipling somebody. You might not even know it, but that's what you're supposed to be doing. When you invite someone to church, when you tell someone about a Bible verse you read, when you invite someone to a small group, whatever you do, that's discipleship or teaching somebody, this is, this is what I learned. Or you tell them, you know what, you need to be in church every time the doors are open. Whenever you say stuff like that, that's discipleship. Because you're teaching somebody what you've learned that's helped you get your path right, get your life on, on the right path with God, and now you're telling others what worked for you. How many know if it works, you don't fix it? Just keep telling others, this works. And this gospel works. Our fellowship's been doing this for 40 years. We've been doing it for 11 years here. And we've seen people sent out. There's, there's different churches that have come out of this church. And those pastors stood right here at this pulpit and preached for 15 minutes and got their practice and got ready so they could be ready to go if and when God called them to go. I believe that if the Lord tarries, we're going to plant more churches this year. Amen. We, we have that as a goal. And we don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be whoever's willing. Amen. It's good to have Pastor Kirk and Vanya tonight with us from Keller. And uh, they're, they're, they're uh, with us tonight. Excited to see them. We're going to, I want to remind everybody as well while, while I'm saying that, that uh, this, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday is the, is the 31st, I believe, uh, the last Sunday of the month. And we're going to have a, a little mini rally that we didn't get to have back in March. So we'll have our regular service in the morning. Then we're going to come back at night and have service. And uh, we would have normally had food and all that stuff, but we still can't do all that. But we are going to come back and, and get together. Carrollton's going to come. Keller's going to come. We're going to get together and just have a night of being together. Amen. And continuing to let people know that we're working together as churches. Amen. So tonight, get your, get your notebooks out. Get your Bibles. I really believe that these are going to be the best messages these guys have ever preached. Amen. I really do believe that. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready to learn something tonight. I'm ready to hear something that is going to challenge me, that's going to spark me to be a greater uh, man of God. I'm ready to hear what the Lord has in store for us tonight. Brian's going to go, then Jesse's going to go, and then John's going to close, them, close us out. Let's give Brian a big hand as they come to preach tonight. Amen? Y'all hear me? Well, it's always fun when get a surprise. I was looking at the text message. I thought I was going to be second. John tried to pass me the microphone. I thought John was trying to be funny just now. And then there's no pressure when pastor says this is going to be your best message ever. No pressure at all. But on the bright side, a lot of times when we have disciples in the making, all the messages flow together. And it's amazing how God does it. But when you get to go first, there's no pressure. It's their job to follow whatever God put on my heart, I guess. Amen, amen. Well, I wanted to just um, minister 
mostly out of Genesis about the life of Joseph. So if you're taking notes, the title of this message is, What Do You Choose to See? See, Joseph, in his life, he had a lot of setbacks. And I think you can relate the life of Joseph to the life of all believers. Like when we get saved, we have an idea of, okay, God saved me. He put something on my heart. He called me to do this. And we think it's just going to be perfect. We think it's going to be rosy. And, and we come to find out that there's still problems. There's still struggles, even though we got saved. So I just wanted to talk about four parts of, of four instances in Joseph's life. So the first one I wanted to share about would be Joseph was given the coat of many colors from his father. And if you go into that time period, that meant that you were the, the father's favorite son. So Joseph was not only had a special father who was given a promise, which was Jacob, who was named Israel, but he was his father's favorite son. And with that, he was supposed to be the heir. So how many of us can relate that to we get saved and we we feel like, okay, God wants me to do this, and God has a plan for me, and we're so excited, and we know that our life has changed. When, when Joseph got the coat of many colors, his life changed. But then we come to find out that things happen. And the next thing that happened, he was so excited, and God gave him a word and, and shared with him that one day all his siblings were going to bow to him. So he's excited. God put something on his heart, and maybe we're in that spot. God gave us a word, and we're trying to get our family saved and tell our families, and we don't get the response that we thought we were going to get. And how many times some of it's the closest people to you are the ones who are trying to pull you away from God. And in Joseph's situation, it was his own siblings. They sold him into slavery. And with that setback, it's easy to be like, well, God, you, you wanted me to do this. You called me to do this. And, and now where are you? Now I'm seeing more problems than I used to see. Like this wasn't what I heard whenever I decided to give my life to Christ. I thought I was giving my life to Christ to get away from problems. But it doesn't always work that way. And the thing about it is it's, it's how you look at the situation. You see, even when Joseph was, was sold into slavery, he never got to the point where he was like, well, I don't believe and God doesn't have a plan for me. You never find that anywhere in the Bible. See, Joseph still lived and, and saw things by faith. And even then that The next thing that happened in Joseph's life, he was sold into slavery and he worked for, his master's name was Potiphar. And even in that, how many of us could have another setback in our mind and feel like, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? And, and God is busy providing for us even in that situation that we're complaining. And as we look to Genesis chapter 39, and just for the sake of time, there's so many examples I could get into with Joseph's life. But for the sake of time, I would suggest everybody read from Genesis chapter 37 to chapter 48 to get the story of Joseph. You don't have to go there now. But in Genesis verse 2 of chapter 39, it said, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was, he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So even as he was sold into slavery and he's probably sitting there like, how am I supposed to be the heir and I'm a slave now in a foreign land? The Bible still says that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a, a successful man. 
as we continue in the next verse, it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And I want us to focus on his master saw that the Lord was with him. And it's one of those things where we just heard about God doesn't save us just to save ourselves. He calls us to share the word and reach other people as well. So how many of us have been in a situation, whether we're at work, whether we're with families and friends or whatever the case may be, and it's just like, this person doesn't get it, or why does God have me here? Or, but you don't know that, just like Joseph was with Potiphar, he had him there for a reason. God will always have you there for a purpose. And we forget sometimes that God uses us to plant seeds in other people's lives. And we may not always see the fruit, but it's, it's for us to plant the seed, and God will provide the increase. Amen. So now we get to some bigger issues in Joseph's life. So he just got to the point where, okay, I'm a slave. I'm still believing in God. I still know he has a plan for me. I'm doing the right things. And then he gets accused of being with his master's wife and gets sent to prison. How many of us, when we got saved and we finally started to kind of figure out this walk and then something else, just another situation just slaps us in the face? And then it's easy to question, well, God, where are you now? All I see is problems around me. I see struggles. I see situations that I don't know where you are and I have no control over it. And we begin to question at times. And in this situation, Joseph got sent to prison and that still wasn't the end of it for him. God was still with him even in the prison. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 39 still in verse 21 it says but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and in this situation when when you go through so many battles as a believer you're going to do one of three things how many times have we had an altar call and people were crying and and God really touched them, and then they go through some problems and some struggles, and we don't see them again. So Joseph could have easily just packed it in and said, hey, this isn't, this is, I don't know about this God thing. I don't know if he's real, but yet he still stayed the course. And as a believer, the, the second thing that we see happen is, which probably happens way too many times, is people start to have struggles and problems, and then they come to the point where they're just like, well, this is just the life of the believer. I just have to try to get by. I know that there's going to be a struggle here and God's with me, but it's just, it's just something I got to go through. And the third believer is the one who's going to see victory in every situation. They're going to look at it and say, I know everything I'm looking at right now doesn't make sense to me in my physical eyes, but I'm going to focus on what I see by faith. I think the song that we sang earlier today it was said to open up my eyes to see the unseen, something like that. And that's what Joseph did. It's so easy to just look at it and be like, man, I don't, I don't see what's going on. God, I'm doing everything right. This person's doing everything wrong and they're being blessed and I'm struggling. It's easy to think like that. And if we are to think like that as believers, what makes us any different than a non-believer? 
What separates us is faith. And even in this situation, as we continue on in verse 22, it says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. What they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. And as we see that, we realize God didn't take Joseph out of prison at that moment. A lot of times God didn't, he's not going to take you out of that situation that doesn't make sense to you until he wants you to. But at the end of the day, you'll find favor if you trust in him. And it says that Joseph found favor even in the prison. As we continue, I'd like you to go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter six. Say amen when you get there, please. Oh, everybody's quick now. Guess that's what happens when everyone's been out of church for a while nothing to do but read the Bible. Pastor always says there's nothing better than when you hear the pages of the Bible flipping and everyone's flipping through to get there. But this time it took, what, one second? Maybe somebody saw my notes. But as we look into 2 Kings, I want to talk about the story of Elisha. He, he served Elijah the prophet, and when Elijah the prophet was sent up in the chariot of fire, he asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. So during this time, God gave him servants that followed him and that, that served Elisha. And at the time, there was the king of Syria in this time period, and he was going to attack the land of Israel. And every single time he was planning to attack Israel, Elisha would get a word and he would be prepared. And then one of his servants came to him one time and told him, we're surrounded and we can put ourselves in this situation where it feels like we're surrounded. There's, there's, there's problems here, there's bills there, there's situations everywhere we look and it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. And the Bible says, this is what Elisha told his servant. He says, so he answered in verse 16, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And I just wanted to put that into terms of, of today, and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. And I think it's something that we can all relate to with the things that are going on right now with everybody was in the self-quarantine Thing that we all had to do just to be precautious and there's nothing wrong with taking precaution and if we look at it there was a virus and there still is that's going on and and we have masks and we're supposed to wash our hands all the time and and take precaution and at the end of the day you're smart if you take more precautions now than you probably were before because there's nothing wrong with being prepared but that's a situation that we can't see and we know it's out there but we can't see it, so we're gonna do what we can to prepare to protect ourselves. 
And just imagine if we could see what Elisha allowed his servant to see, that God's all around us. He has angels. He has a chariot of fire. He has things you can't even imagine that are even in this place right now as we're sitting here. But yet we allow ourselves at times to, to fear, to doubt. If we could see with the eyes of the Spirit of God, could you imagine how silly it would feel sometimes to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if God can get me out of this situation. Because we look at things from the flesh. If we look at in the spirit realm of things, we would see God is protecting us. When we're in our cars, God has angels. He has chariots of fire. Who knows everything that he has protecting us. But yet there's times where we fear. And that's where it goes back to the title of this message. It says, what do you choose to see? Because it's a choice. You can, you can, you can, it, it's, we can take the easy way out. Oh, my bank account looks like this. Uh, can't tithe this week. Oh, my bank account looks like this. No offering today. Hey, I praise, though. That's not what God calls us to do. There's no faith in that. And we said faith is what separates the believer from the unbeliever. And as we continue to look at this situation, the song that we always sing, Waymaker, is just a side note one of Bria's favorite songs but she has a lot of favorite songs too probably too many and she has to hear them all every single night and now her newest songs this is a side note I hope I don't run out of time but um, there's like kids that are uh, reading verses from the Bible so she's like I want to hear Melody I want to hear Elijah I want to hear Bobby and then she wants to hear bedtime stories about them too my mom had to put her to bed the other day. She probably had to tell this girl 20 different bedtime stories. Something else. They didn't tell us that. But in closing, before I run out of time, I just wanted to, to close with a couple verses that will summarize everything we're talking about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And here's a thought to write down if you're taking notes. To see the unseen, you must see it by faith. Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a belief in what you can't see. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So if we were to look at that verse and really break it down, you could read it by saying, we walk by the belief in the things we can't see and not the things we see. So as we get back into our routines and, and daily lives, and we have trials and we have struggles, let's, let's remember that we have a choice to see the, see the unseen things and trust God. And just remember, whenever you go through a battle or you're in a situation, remember, God has you protected. Go back to that story of Elisha and, and see the chariots of fire and see the angels that are protecting you. And like he says, there's more of them than there are of the enemy. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's an awesome message. Amen. So the title of my message is going to be God's plan. You know, God has a big plan in our lives, you know, and it's not our plan, it's his plan, amen? 
Yeah, so today I chose that, this title because there are many distractions in life, amen? There's, um, I mean, you know, whatever was going on, the, you know, the virus and all that, that can, that's a big distraction that a lot of us, a lot of believers, I guess, that's where you it either broke you or you kept on going, you know, serving the Lord. And there's just so many distractions all across the world, you know, in our daily walks, it could be our jobs, it could be, uh, you know, things that happen to us, you know, throughout our lives, but... You know, God's plan is bigger than that, amen? You know, God wants us to rely on him, you know, to allow his plan to prosper. You know, God wants to do so much more in our lives, but there are times that we do not allow him to, amen? There's times that we hold back, and it could be fear, doubt, or even, you know, being afraid to step out, you know, and failure. You know, we will not know we can do more for him if we don't step out by faith, Amen? And that's, that's the, one of the biggest strongholds, you know, that, that the enemy wants us to, to think about. That's something that kind of holds me back because, you know, all my life I was called a failure, amen? And, you know, God's eyes, it's not like that. But there's times that we keep on, you know, reminiscing on that, and God does not move in our lives because of that, amen? There's, there's so many times that we hold back, you know, why? Like, like I was saying earlier, fear doubt, you know, scared to, you know, step out, distractions. Now, there's times that we are going to fail and not allow, allow God to do what he, you know, what he has called us to do, amen. You know, I want you to know, God wants you to know today that he left the 99 for you, amen. He left the 99 for you to choose, he chose you because he has a master plan for your life, amen. You know, there, there's so many times that you know, people fail us and people, you know, try to put us down because of, of our, you know, belief in him. But I want you to know that God has a master plan. He has a big plan for our lives, amen. Something that there's sometimes we cannot comprehend that, amen. But I want you to believe and just step out in faith, amen. And that's one of my biggest, my biggest things is, you know, stepping out. There's, there's sometimes that, you know, lately it's been a battle for some reason. Don't know what it is, but, you know, I know that God is in control and God has a big plan in our lives, amen. Got a verse out of Proverbs 19.21. You can write them down if you like. It says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Isaiah 14.27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and he who will turn, you know, who will turn it back? You know, nothing and no one can stop God's plan for your life, amen. He wants you to believe that today, amen. In other words, out of Proverbs 3, 5, he says in his words, to seek his will and all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know, a quote that I wrote down as well. God is working all things together for your good. He has a master plan for your life. God's plan for your life far exceeds the circumstances of your day. And just amazing. Sort of a mighty God, amen. And there's sometimes that we don't feel like we're worthy enough to even stand up here and, and give his word, you know, but he has a plan, amen. And we got to, you know, just keep going by his plan. You know, even if we feel like we're not worthy, we serve an awesome God, and we just got to keep that in mind that he chose us for something. You know, he didn't choose us to hold back. He chose us to step out and keep reaching out. Amen. Like Pastor was saying, 
got to spread the gospel. You know, we got to keep learning. Every day, we, we, you know, we have to be discipled and, and take correction as well. In Isaiah 46, 6, God says in his word, I have made you and I will carry you. I will substance, I will substance you and I will rescue you. You may not understand God's plan. Jesus says in his word in John 13, 7, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. The devil has a plot, but God has a plan. One of my favorite verses too out of Psalms 37, 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, feed off his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. You know, God has a reason for allowing things to happen in our lives. Now, we may never understand his wisdom, but we simply have to trust his will. I wrote down a bunch of quotes. I was reading, you know, going through the message and... (laughs) Y'all kept on hitting me, but here's another quote for you. It says, God has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan for your life. But be ready for both. Just be wise enough to know which one to battle and which one to embrace. Choose Jesus. Choose life. Amen. And there's one thing, you know, don't, don't ever compare your life to somebody else. Amen. You know, God's using you. He's teaching you. Because, you know, we reach out to people that others can't. And it's just something that, you know, God has dealt with me on that. And, you know, even in my job, there's times that we got to, you know, show our faith. Because we can easily fall into the temptations of what they're going through. You know, in my job, it's a hard place, you know, where I work. I mean, there's so much stuff going on there that, you know, we got to stay faithful. Because they're watching us. You know, regardless of, what, you know, what we're facing, they want to see how we're going to react to the things they do. Amen. You know, but just know that God chose you. He chose a plan. He has a a perfect plan for our lives. You know, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. That's Isaiah 60, 22. So I got a whole 15 minutes still, guys. (laughs) You know, have confidence in yourself. That's one thing that I struggle with sometimes, you know, being confident in myself. And I was telling my wife that, you know, just yesterday, that um, that's something that I've struggled with, even in my job, even, I mean, wherever, you know, when, I, when I'm being used, you know, that's something that I, you know, I need to step out in that and not be afraid. You know, God will always finish what he started, amen? It's amazing. You know, I want you to know that life right now might be hard for you. But no, God is in control of the situation. Never fear because God is greater than the world. You know, when a Christian is dealing with struggles in life, it's not to defeat us, but to make us stronger. You know, we use these times to grow in Christ and build our relationship with him. Amen. That's something that he wants. He wants us to grow. He wants us to do more for him. But like I was saying earlier, there's times that we hold back and we don't allow them to do that. Amen. It's going to be good. (laughs) You know, God is near and never forget that. I've learned from experience that God brings you 
to the point where you know you can't do it by yourself. You know, trust God's hand and not your own. He wants us to rely on him in everything that we do. He wants us to put our trust and our faith in him, amen. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God has a master plan for your life, amen. You know, you might feel lonely. You might feel like you can't make it. You might feel like, you know, is this really for me? But God wants you to know that it is. He has you here for a reason, amen. There's sometimes that we don't grasp that. There's times that we do not understand what his master plan is, amen. Because like, like Brian was saying, you know, there's times that we go through struggles and we don't understand why. But God says in his word that it's, you know, for our own good is to grow us, you know, to strengthen our relationship with him, amen. You know, God has, a, has that person for you. Like Pastor always says, too, that, you know, there's, even if he just has one person for you, just one person, that's all, that's all that we should, you know, we should keep reaching out. Because you never know who that one person would be, amen. You know, we got family look, watching us. We got, you know, friends. We got people at our, at our jobs, you know, looking at us, amen. Just stay the faith. Just keep staying the course, amen. Don't let the enemy lie to you. That's, that's a place where he wants us to be. You know, he wants us to, to, um, to be, you know, feel alone. There's times that he wants us to, to try to stop God's plan in our life, amen. I want you to tell the person next to you that God has a plan for you. God has a master plan for your life, amen. I want you to believe that and, and to just keep trusting, amen. God loves you. God has so much for us, amen. Even when you do not understand, just keep walking by faith, amen. He has so much for your life, and you know, there's times that we do not, like I was saying, we do not understand that. We do not understand what he has for us, but there's a lot. There's a lot for us to comprehend. And if he showed us everything at once, where would it be right now, amen? It's just amazing, that, you know, throughout my years, you know, going through my addictions, you know, living a life that I used to live, you know, God really dealt with me in those situations. You know, now I sit back and think about that, the way that I used to be, you know, as a man in, in you know, we want God to move in our lives quickly. We want God to do everything, you know, fast, but he, but he can't. It's, it's a plan. It's a process that we got you know, to go through, you know, for, you know, to grow us. I used to be an angry person as well. I used to, you know, always get angry and, you know, somebody made me mad. I'll, I'll tell them off, I'll, you know, curse at them or whatever it was. And it's just something that God will deal with you throughout your, you know, throughout your path, throughout your walk. You know, God will start changing your heart, but you got to let him. You got to surrender yourself to him. Amen. You got to let him do that. You know, don't hold back from his master plan, amen. It's something that I always try to, I always try to encourage because there's times that, you know, we feel defeated, we feel discouraged at times, but, you know, we got to go to him for that encouragement, amen. We got to, you know, have some alone time with him. We got to make an appointment with him. Like Pastor always tells us too in the morning, whatever, just make an appointment with him. It's awesome. God's, God's so powerful and he has a plan for this church. He has a plan for every person that is here. You know, and don't hold back from his promise, amen. Don't hold back from his truth, amen. You know, continue to walk, you know, keep walking the walk, amen. Don't, don't get distracted. You know, people are going to come in our lives to try to distract us from God's plan, but keep on moving forward, amen. Keep trusting in his promise, amen. That's what I have tonight, and love you guys, and just, you stay the course, amen. Amen, amen. God is good, amen.
All the time? All the time, God is good. So, I want to say they looked at my notes. I do want to say that. I think they looked at them. Now, nah, we know the Holy Spirit's in this place, amen? Holy Spirit's in this place. But I want to take a quick minute. You guys, just look, look at your neighbor and say, I am a winner. Now, look at the other person and say that I am a winner. And now say, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen. The reason why I chose that, the reason why I chose that, because I looked it up. What does it mean? What's the whole point of that? And that phrase, you, they use that phrase to celebrate a victory, to celebrate a victory. So today's, today's message, that's what I called it, a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Amen. Amen. Hey, God is good. God puts these things in my heart, man, because I told my daughter, my oldest daughter, or it was Gabby, actually, my second one. I told her, what do you think winner, winner, chicken dinner means? And she said, hamburger. I said, baby, we're far from it. We're far from it. But, hey, you know, I still gave it to her. I still wrote it down. I said, all right, we're going to make this happen. <clears throat> but I want to start out with a story real quick. And it says this. During a little league, during the little league game, a coach calls out one of his young players to the side. And he says, do you understand how important this game is? And the little boy knobs, yeah, coach. You know, the coach continues. He said, do you, do you know how important it is? No matter what the, no, how important it is to have good sportsmanship. The little boy says, yes, I understand, coach. So the coach continues. He says, if a, if a strike is called and you're in first base, you don't turn around and start arguing with the umpire and you start, you start getting mad at them, right? And the, and the little boy says, yes, coach, I know not to do that. So he says, good. The coach says, good. Then he points at the woman screaming at the stands and says, now, would you go over there and explain that to your mother? Amen. Amen. <laughs> but there's times in life where we're going to go with this story because whether you know it or not, you are in a race. You're in a race. Whether you know it or not, right now, this very moment, you woke up in the morning, you were just, you're deciding to choose what you're wanting to feed. It's either your flesh or your spiritual side. Amen. And then Paul... Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says this, you don't, you don't realize that in a race, everybody's, everybody, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So that's, that's spiritual and your, your, your flesh. Only one person gets the prize. But at the end of that, he says, so run to win. Amen? So we're running to win. So everyone's in the race. Everyone in this place is in a race. We all might be in a different, different road, but that one road leads the same way because that's Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he is, only, he is the only way, the truth, and the life. How many in this place believe that this, this, this evening? Amen? Amen. So right now, during this time, we can't afford to lose against temptation. We cannot lose. We cannot afford to lose against the, the things of this world, the sin, the things that, that come to us every single day. We cannot afford to lose it. God did not bring us this far for us to give up now. Amen? Amen. That's to everyone. This to everyone. But there's times in life where, again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't, you do not know what I'm going through. We don't know what anybody in this place is going through. But God does. The awesome part about it that God does. Though you have a line of open communication to speak to God whenever you need to. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a direct line to God. So today I want to talk about three keys, three topics, three things. I don't know how, I'm not sure even how to put it. But three ways to kind of just help us 
run the right way, run the race that we need to, to continue to seek God and, and get closer to God every single day. To be able to sleep at night comfortably and say, God, I did everything I can for you. I will continue to do it the next day because it says what? Today is the day the Lord has made, so we're going to be glad and rejoice in it. So we should be waking up every morning to be able to just say those lines. Amen? Amen. But number one, be steadfast. Be loyal, faithful, firm, determined. Believe in what we, what we stand for. Amen. Chapter 9, Daniel. I'm going to talk about that one. I can't read the whole chapter, but I challenge you guys to read chapter 9 of Daniel. So Daniel was praying so hard for the people. He was praying so hard for, he was praying to God to have mercy on, on his people and the things that they were doing. So Daniel was praying. And Daniel, in, in chapter 9, verse 20, he said this, I went on praying and confessing all my sins to the people, pleading with the Lord, my God of Jerusalem, the holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, who I had seen an earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of evening sacrifice, explaining to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you an insight and understanding. This is the part that I want you guys to really get it. The moment you begin praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was and how, how greatly loved, beloved you are by God. So when I read that, I said, the moment we begin to pray, a command is given. I'm not sure if you guys get that. It's just, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's a, when before our, our, the words come out of our mouth, when the words start coming out of our mouth, God starts telling his angels, all right, start moving in this place. Start moving where he needs, where he needs you to go. Start moving. Amen. So once, once, once the words start coming out of our mouth, the command is given. So be steadfast and be strong. Proclaiming the name of Jesus will change so much. Like, I know Brian, see, that's where he saw my notes. Just by, just, by, just by saying the name of Jesus, we physically cannot see the chains that are being broken, the things that are around us. But we know spiritually that God is there. We know that chains are being broken. We know that the strongholds are being broken. He makes, he makes ways when it's no, it looks impossible for men. Amen? He makes the way. So be steadfast. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. In, that, in the whole chapter, I love that chapter because cha chapter 15, it, talk, it pretty much puts it in the place where do not stop until all of your enemies are under your feet. Come on until all of your enemies are under your feet. For us to be able just to stand here, amen, just to, just to not stop and just say the name of Jesus, and we know everything, everything will be under our feet, and, and proclaiming that. I believe that, amen. But I've been to the point in life, I, I'm putting myself in blast right here. I've, I've been to the point in life where I prayed seven days a week. I prayed so much for God to answer my prayer. And, I, and, and the prayer didn't happen. You know, pray for job opportunity. God, I put a job interview in. I get the email saying, hey, uh, you were selected. You know, I've, I've, I've had those thoughts. My God, please hear my prayers. But we know, again, we know that we're not, if we see things by faith and not by sight, man, that's enough for us to be able to walk. That's enough for us to be able to stand firm. Yeah, and not, and not relying on what we're seeing because we don't know. You know, I've always, I think I talked about it with somebody that, I applied for a different location like twice, and I didn't get it, which I'm perfectly fine. You know, God's, God's perfect. God's will. Um, 
But during that time, I, I put it in perspective now, you know, the, the, the location that I'm working at right now, I feel like it was a season where I needed to be there for that time. So it wasn't, it wasn't meant for me to go to that position yet, you know. But it, I'm here at this, at this location because I'm needed there, because God placed me there. Amen? Amen. So number two, don't run from adversity. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Don't run from adversity. Be strong. Joshua 1.9 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. That's to work, to the kids whenever they go back to school. Because y'all going to go back to school? Amen. Um, the kids, when they go back to school, at work, when you're in the grocery store, no matter where you're at, God is with you. Amen. God is with you. And a couple of days ago, I was looking at, I was watching Animal Planet. And you know how many we, we can learn so much from Animal Planet. And uh, I was watching Animal Planet, and there was always, there's always two. There's always two types, of, uh, two, two types of animals. You got the runner and the fighter. Always. Always. They always end up fighting, but one always ends up, ends up leaving because he's getting beat or he's just getting, he doesn't want to lose in front of a lot of, a lot of a other animals. So he just runs away. But this is the one I want to get to. The one who feels more confident in the battle is the one who stays and fights the battle. Amen? The one, if you feel confident in the word, in the word, if you feel confident in the word, you will stand firm. You will stand strong. You will not run from the adversity, the problems that, we're, that you're dealing with. You will stand firm and fight it. Amen? So we can take David, for example. David. Psalms 27. Psalms 27 is, a, this is one of my strongest favorite, favorite psalms ever. Because he wrote that when he was surrounded by his enemies. He was being chased by his enemies. And Psalms 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. For whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. For, for whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, when the wicked, he said, when the wicked came, comes against me. It's not saying if, it's when it comes against me to eat up my flesh. To eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they will stumble and fall right in front of you. Just saying, again, just saying the name of Jesus. We might not see it by flesh, but we, but, but we know by spirits, by spirits, just saying the name of Jesus. Man, those things are falling so fast in front of you. Amen. Though I stumble, though my enemies and foes will stumble and fall. Though an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war may rise against me, and in this I will be confident. So what are we putting our trust in? What are we putting our confidence in? All over this place, ask yourself that question. What are we putting our confidence in? Are we putting our confidence in the right things that will continue to help us run the race the right way? Or would it take us the opposite, the opposite way where we know where it can, what, gnashing of teeth? Ah, oh, no, not about now. No, that's, a, that's not the way that we want to go. But stand up to, stand up to the adversity. God is not done with us yet. Amen. How many believe that? This, how many believe that? That God is not done with us yet. Amen. He did not bring us this far just to be here. He didn't bring us through this two months of within the coronavirus. We didn't, we didn't come two, two months in and just to be left here. No, God is still with us. No matter wherever we go. There's a song in Elevation Worship. There's a, uh, there's, I don't know what it's called, a bridge or a hook. I don't know if other people know that part. 
But uh, it's, it goes, uh, it says, it says, if you're not dead, then you're not done. If you're not dead and you're not done, if you still got lungs, if you still got air breathing through your body, the Bible says that let everything that has breath give them praise. So for us, if you can breathe in, you're not done. You still have the options to lift up your hands. You still have the options to dance around. You still have that option. And the awesome part about it that you have the, you have the option. It's, it's in your court if you want to choose that or not. It's, it's your choice. But God gave his life. God gave his only son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen? Come on, church. Amen. So number three, last point. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on serving the Lord. Romans 12, 11 says this. I think this is off the New Living Translation because I loved it. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. Amen. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord. I think it was a song, the second song that we were talking, it was, it was saying that the reason why we serve, why, the reason why we, why we worship, you know, because God gave his son. God gave his son for, so that I could be, so I could be saved. He, he sacrificed his son so that I could be saved. So for us, for, for me, again, that's for me, I'm able to stand up and just lift up my hands because I know, man, he did that for me. God, Jesus Christ, gave he, the stripes on his back so that I could be healed. Come on, the, the crown of thorns so that I can call him my king. Amen. So James 2, or sir. Serving allows us to experience the joy and peace that comes with obedience. James 2 talks about faith without works is dead. Amen? Faith without works is dead. And I, when, I, when I saw that scripture, the first thought in my mind that came around, it's like you having a, a, a great, some good apple seeds. I don't know if the apple seeds turn into the tree, but apple seeds that turn into the tree. Um, but apple seeds. And you're talking to these seeds, you're like, man... These apples, hey, you guys are going to be so good. You guys are going to grow to be the best tree, apple tree in Dallas County in Texas. You guys are going to be so sweet. You guys are going to be awesome. You guys are going to be a lot of apple pies. You guys are going to give me a lot of calories. It's perfectly fine. God knows the desires of my heart. And then you turn around and you put those in your pocket. Right? What, is that, what does that do? We can serve the Lord. We can, we can do so much. We can say, hey, God, I want you to bless me here, bless me there, bless me there, bless me here. But then you turn around and say, all right, God, call me when it's done. Right? So faith without works is dead. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do, do with love. Do it with love. Not complaining. Not whining. I know none of us here do. None of us. We do it because we're, you know, we do it for the love. Amen. <laughs> God is so good. God is so good in this place, man. God is in this place. You know, we can only imagine how much, if we really put in our work, we go to work every single day knowing that we're going to receive a paycheck, right? We know we're going to go to work receiving a paycheck, and you're going to get that income. 
but spiritually, if you can only imagine, the, if we work for God's kingdom, if we do the God's work, if we do the things that God has called us to do, to be obedient to his word, to, to go out and reach people, and to go out and, and talk to people, just give somebody a track, hey, Jesus loves you. Can we only imagine the paycheck? Like, you know, it's not, it's not the, the, the what's waiting for us, like how Joe said, what's waiting for us up in, in the kingdom. I, I don't know about you guys, but that excites me. That gets me going. I said, man, look, no money, no money in this earth can stop me from serving the Lord. Nothing in this world will stop me, you know? And just, just being able to do that for the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 9, 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If I can get every head bowed and eyes closed all over this place. And this is where I feel like Jesse wrote my, read my notes because it says, because, you know, I wrote down questions that I asked that I've, I've said before. I've said them and I've heard them. I said, I might, I don't, I don't think I have time to serve. I don't think I have time to do the things that God wants me to do. I don't know what to do. I don't think there's anything for me to do anywhere. I don't have any special skills to contribute to God's, to God's kingdom. I don't have any, any special, I can't play any instruments. I can't, I can't, I, I, you guys might already know, but I, I can't, I'm not the best speaker. But it's perfectly fine. Or another one is, they don't need me. We've heard this plenty of times, but it says, but the reality is that the Lord does not call the equipped. He equips the called, the doers, the willing, the people that are ready to go. That's, that's, that's the, the choice that God gave you. That's the choice that he gave you. Are you willing to step out? Just like how Jesse talked about. Are you willing to do and be a doer and, and at least go out to one person challenging, challenge yourself. Go out to one person this week and just say, hey, Jesus loves you. You know, out of the 12 disciples, 11 of them started to share the gospel. 11 of them. Moses had a speech problem. David was the youngest of all his brothers. Paul killed, he used to kill the Christians. But like our last week's message, he had his divine interruption. So this very moment right now, God doesn't just want to work through you. He wants to work in you first. So this very moment right now, you have the opportunity all over this place, you have the opportunity to, to, to say, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for that divine interruption. I'm ready for you, for God to, to take my life and, 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 and run me the, the, the right way. Not the route that's going to lead me to destruction because the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. He has one mission. So, so right now, all over this place,
to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can put your hand up and you can put it right back down. That's between you and God. All over this place. Amen. All over this place. There's that time where it, you feel that tug in your heart and you're just thinking, is it, is it my, my flesh or, or is it really God speaking to me? That's the Holy Spirit. You know it. If you're ready to raise your hand, just raise your hand and put it right back down. Amen. Or we got to the point where we've, we've, we've accepted Christ in the past, but, you know, during this time of, of uncertainty, we're not sure what's, how, 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 that I've been stepping on the right, I've been going the right way. I might, lead, I might just need an alignment to line me back up to, to Christ. So this is a perfect time to come back. So there's anybody all over this place. And if you're ready to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, you can put your hand up and put it right back down. Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's give let's give praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.